when you're starting something new, you're going to keep watering it for a while before it's going to sprout out beyond the soil. And you've got to be able to have that abundance thinking and having this relentless drive to choose the positive to be able to stick with it and to be able to choose to show up from a place of abundance rather than a place of fear. Is your current success putting a lot of demands on you? If you're good at what you do, and you are, then everyone wants you. But that's no way to scale. If you're delivering spectacular results, you should be commanding higher fees, working with only the best clients. Welcome to the Hands Off CEO Podcast, where world-class agency owners and consultants learn how to fully monetize their expertise and scale profits by doing less. Here's your host, Mandy Ellison. Hello, Mandy Ellison here, host of the Hands Off CEO Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in for another episode. Today, we are going to be talking about the five characteristics of top hands-off CEOs. And when I say top hands-off CEOs, I'm talking about the CEOs who are adding millions of dollars of profitable growth to their company. I am talking about the CEOs who report being able to increase their net profits 40% in nine months. I'm talking about the CEOs who've been able to increase their fees 600%. And these are million-dollar agency owners, by the way. These are consulting companies. These are not like startups that are really starting at zero. These companies have a lot going already. And one of the biggest challenges is the complexity that they're at, right? It really takes something to be able to take the company where that you've grown it to and to be able to scale it to the next level. So up to this stage, a lot of the productivity that you've experienced is driven by you and your time. And really the next level of growth comes from not the amount of work that you're individually doing, but really the influence that you have over others and their ability to actually get work done through you. You're generating a higher level of productivity, unlimited productivity, really, through other people. And that's really what leadership is. And that's one of the most important things that our clients learn in our hands-off CEO programs. Because if you can't get other people to take action, then you're not going to have a business. You'll have a business that is mostly dependent on you as a CEO and your time, your energy, and it just won't be able to scale past you. So this is why I wanted to share these top five characteristics. This is something that I was recording for our clients as part of our onboarding process, because these are some of the things that we're, I'm observing over and over again over the years. This, we've had the great privilege of seeing data points across hundreds of different consulting agencies, and we're seeing the ones that are most successful, the least successful. The least successful ones, we tend to screen out before they come into our programs. We're very careful about the kind of clients that we work with that we know have the, the characteristics, the attributes, and also the foundations already in place in their business that we can really help them scale. That's a critical piece for when you're scaling your company and when you're really looking at who is our best client that we can serve is really looking at the ones who have the things in place where you can actually do your best work with them. And that's one thing that we definitely practice what we preach on that. And then it's just looking at how do you be able to structure everything in your company to be able to support that, to be able to have the lead flow, to be able to turn away the clients that aren't the best fit, to be able to replace some of the legacy clients that maybe have become a pain in the butt, <laughs> or to have the courage to be able to raise your fees internally as you are bringing on new clients and filling the capacity there. 
as that capacity is limiting, looking at, you know, where do we want our clients to be coming and what level of clients do we want to work with now? So I'm going a little off track here from this five characteristics, but I wanted just to share how it's all connected. And as leaders, how we show up, we are a mirror for how everyone else shows up around us. This reminds me of a quote from Dale Carnegie in his book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I love that book. It is one of the best leadership books ever written. In his book, he shares how the only way to get anyone to do anything is if they want to. Really, what we want to do is show up in a way where we can create opportunities for others around us so that we can get more work done through other people, not because we've got a stick and we're beating them with it, but because they want to, because they see that it's meaningful and you help them see the pathway for a more expansive life for themselves. And this applies for clients. This applies, applies for your team. And I call this skill enrollment. Your ability to be able to enroll other people in your vision and get them into action, excited about it, and really owning this vision as their own. That's the difference between a company that you grow, that's dependent on your time, and a company that you scale, that has infinite potential and infinite scale. So the five characteristics, this is who you get to become. This is how you get to show up as a leader, as a hands-off CEO, so that you can really take your business to the next level and have it be based on your leadership, your energy, but not necessarily your time. We see it a lot of times where companies will be able to grow to a certain point where they max out on the amount of hours that the CEO is able to work. And at that point, that's when you really want to look at, okay, how can I scale myself? How can I get more work done through other people? How do we be able to really elevate what we're doing and to scale a world-class organization that is based on really what I'm creating and my vision? as opposed to the amount of actual hours that I put into the business. All right, five characteristics. Number one is decisiveness. Nothing happens without making a decision. The top CEOs that we see that are the most successful are decisive. They are able to objectively look at a decision before them. They actually look at the decision. They don't just keep pushing off and saying, I don't have time. They actually are sitting in it and realize that a lot of the times why we might push something off is because we're afraid of it. There's uncertainty there and it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable as humans to be able to sit in a place of fear and uncertainty. Now, what they do instead is that they choose certainty. They choose that what I call manufacturing certainty and saying, you know what? I know I'm going to win. What they do is they feel the fear and do it anyway. And they don't look at this one particular decision that they're making as make or break between whether they're successful or not. They already know it's inevitable and they just take the step forward make the best decisions that they can with the information they have and keep on moving forward. That speed is what gives them the ability to they see the feedback and they pivot. So there's very few decisions that we will ever make that are just going to take out the business. The thing is, is that we make a decision and then we get feedback and then we can pivot and change from there. But the reality is if no decision is made, then you don't have the feedback to actually move forward. And that's what keeps companies stuck in a place of stagnation. And oftentimes for years and years, this stagnation. So really step into this decisiveness and being able to courageous look at things coming up, being able to feel the fear and do it anyway. That's one of the things that we're seeing with decisiveness. I'll give you an example of Brandon. He was decisive in seeing that his business, he was working till one o'clock in the morning every day, sometimes through the night. And he was just so stuck in the day-to-day of this business. And by all accounts, 
nothing would change. Like it'd been that way for a long time and getting worse and worse. By the way, I didn't even know it was this bad until he has shared this with us over a year later, how bad it really was when we got started. But he was able to feel the fear. He was able to look at what he wanted to create and he did it anyway, even though he didn't have the time, he carved the time out, he made it happen. And he was able to actually cut his time in his business down to 10 hours per week. And he was able to double his company. He was able to double his company actually going down to 10 hours per week. And he was able to start more companies. It's really exciting to see that. But that came from a place of him having the certainty that he was going to be going to succeed no matter what. That came down to the decisiveness and him being really aligned. The next one is vision. What are you being decisive aligned with? It's aligned with the vision. And so for Brandon, he had a vision for what his family could be like and what his life could be like, but he also had a vision for what his business could be like. And the work that he did with his service and the software that they built for lawyers and all of the consulting pieces that were part of this, he had a much bigger vision than anyone else in the market, which is why they were constantly loaded with work. Seeing that vision for what could be better, that was what drove him and allowed him to be decisive. Now, when we're looking at this vision here, the, the reality is, is that scaling a company is not easy. It's challenging. It takes a lot emotionally for the CEO to be able to shift into this next level because you're moving from this place, kind of maybe a teenage style place business to really a grown up business. And I like, there's an emotional turmoil that can happen in between that as you're making a tr- shift from one place to another. And you don't have a sufficient vision for what you're creating and what you're creating for your team, what you're creating for your clients. And if you don't have the bigger way of seeing possibilities for your industry and really in the the world, then it can stop you and it cannot be inspiring enough for you to continue on. You know, one of the questions that we oftentimes ask our clients before working with us is, all right, well, why rock, rock, rock the boat? You know, things are pretty good for your company right now. Why would you want to rock the boat? Because, you know, I'm giving you some examples of some businesses that CEOs of the businesses they are working crazy amount of hours, but that's not the reality for a lot of our clients who come to us. A lot of them, they're they're like, they're maxed out, but they're kind of at a place that's good. And why really should they rock the boat? Why should they continue investing in the company to continue make it a little bit shaky as you're moving to the next level? It takes courage. It takes vision. It takes being able to see something that other people don't and be able to lead your team in more expansive view of the world than they see for themselves. And the challenge with that is that they don't see it, right? So you have to be able to communicate that and help them see and help them get excited about it and rallied around it. And when you do that, that's how you move people. You move people by an expansive vision. And when we are evaluating whether we bring on clients or not, if we don't see this vision here, And if we don't see a way to help them really step into that more, we know that we can't be successful with them because they simply won't do what it takes to be able to get to their goal because they don't have a sufficient reason for it. So that vision, really critical. And it's one of the biggest things that sets apart those in the world that are creating the most expansive products and services that change our lives. They have a big vision. You know, you look at the the Elon Musk's of the world, the Steve Jobs and Henry Ford they had a bigger vision for what we could have than we, we even saw for ourselves, right? And the famous quote from Henry Ford is that if I would have asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses, right? We couldn't have imagined some of these incredible inventions that have come to us because we didn't have the vision for it. And that's what we are for our team. That's what we are for our clients. That's what we are for the industry. So leading with that vision. The third piece is being coachable. The top leaders that we see 
that actually are, are the most qualified. They tend to have the most training, the most experience. And a number of them may have 20 years plus experience in industry, MBAs, advanced degrees. And the ones that are the most successful look at every piece of information as, as if it's brand new. They're curious. Instead of looking and say, I know all this stuff, I know better. They look at it and say, well, what can I learn from this? It's just really incredible to see the smartest people approaching it that way. The smartest people in the room who have the most actually to add to everyone else in the room, they're the ones who seem to be the most coachable, seem to be the most curious, and that are feverishly writing notes in any place where we're at. And they're like a sponge. Some of the earlier folks, they can be a little bit more resistant. It's not always the case. We do a really good job of screening out people who are too resistant to actually like take on the advice that we share. That's actually one of the biggest things that we see for companies. One of the things, the biggest things that stops them from getting to about half a million dollars in gross sales is their mindset and kind of the resistance to doing the uncomfortable work to be able to get to the next stage. That's one of the, the biggest things. And from half a million to a million, the mindset shifts are a little different where they tend to be a little more open-minded because they're willing to do whatever it takes to get to that million. That's that milestone. They're like, oh, we've got to get there. But there's a bit of a belief a lot of times, like a belief in whether something is going to work. So they kind of hold back, hold back from going all in and just doing it. We start seeing this around a million, especially. And most of our clients, by the way, that we bring on nowadays are a million plus. And sometimes we do bring clients on earlier than that if they have really good outcomes for clients because we can help them scale quickly. But at a million, one of the things that we see is like this mindset of like, I've got to have everything all together. And there's like this facade that's put up that like, I've got all my ducks in a row and I've got everything figured out, which is not the case. And I totally get this because here's the thing is, is as a leader, everyone is looking to you for the answers. You got to put on your face and show everybody that you have the answers. And that's especially the case when you're going out in the world and you're representing your business. But that facade is one of the things that like, if you can't chip away at that and just let it drop and let it go, it's one of the biggest things that holds back the CEO from really taking on that feedback that's going to allow them to be so much better. Taking on these five attributes are really what allows them to embody being a hands-off CEO and being able to allow the company just to really rocket past them in their own time. Fourth is gratitude. Now, this is the reason why it really sparked me to do this episode. And because it's probably one of the things that we see just glaringly obvious is that the clients that do the best are also the ones who are most grateful. They're the ones who are proactively sharing the results. They are proactively saying thank you. When a gift arrives, they like very quickly say thank you for that. It's not about us having our ego stroked or anything. It's just something that I have noticed over the years that the ones that are the most grateful and the ones that are very lavish in their praise are the ones that are constantly doing better and better. And you know, some of the CEOs who haven't quite figured out the gratitude side of this, a lot of times they'll look at this and they'll say, well, you know what? I will be grateful when this thing happens, but that's what actually holds them back from being able to attract in that abundance and be able to be in that place where you, you attract in all these great resources to you. The reason why is how you're showing up and how other people want to help you. So the CEOs that I see this, they're not stingy with their praise. And what that looks like is that they get their team really excited about being there and being part of what it is. And 
compliments and praise, it's cheap, it costs you nothing. But I see a lot of CEOs that are very hesitant to do this because they think, okay, I'm going to have to pay this person more if I share with them what's really going on. And, you know, I was just speaking to someone who was close to me about a job that he's in. He actually helped the company add $40 million of profit to their company. Instead of them praising and saying, wow, that's fantastic. We're so grateful for this. They just like, oh, well, that's just part of your job. This is a person who is very seriously thinking about leaving this company because it's just uninspiring work because it's not an engaging workplace. The leadership are not acknowledging him for the work that he's doing. And that wasn't actually his biggest complaint. So it wasn't like he was just looking for to be showered with praise. It's just that it was very demotivating for him to be, continue to find those opportunities if he didn't even get acknowledged for it. So we want to be looking at how are we showing up with our team, also with the mentors and advisors and the support around us. Are we showing up in gratitude? Are we really acknowledging where you can't acknowledge or are we just being stingy and holding on to that? It sounds like I'm being a little hard on this one. Maybe one of the reasons why is this is something that I was really raised as, as a child. It was something that was very critical into like just how we showed up. It's a really easy way to motivate people around you by simply saying thank you and by simply sharing why you're grateful and just elaborating on that. It just doesn't take very much energy. That gratitude is just so valuable because that leads to this generosity of spirit. And when you have that in your team, in your culture, it's incredible to see what the team will do when they really feel appreciated. And that leads us to the fifth one, which is abundance thinking. And this, this is kind of woven into each one of these things. It's creating from a place of faith. It's creating from this vision, but it's also taking actions aligned with a feeling of abundance rather than fear. Let me share with you what I mean by creating from a place of faith. So a lot of people will look at and say, they'll want to be able to see the proof of something before it actually is in reality, but that's not how it works. You don't get to see the, the oak tree before you plant the seed. You might be able to see some other oak trees around you that gives you some ideas that like, yes, this is possible, but you got to plant the seed. You have to plant the seed. You've got to water it. You've got to let the sunshine go on. You've got to pull back the weeds to be able to make sure that it has the sunshine, that it has the things that it needs to grow. And that is an act of faith. That is an act of continuing to nurture the vision and to keep on creating even when you can't see it physically in front of you. And abundance is really coming from this place where you are, I call it a delusional level of certainty, where you plant the seed and you know this, this oak tree is going to grow. And you just continue watering, continuing watering it and take the feedback there and be able to continue to expand on your vision. And that's how you see the oak tree grow. But the reality is, is that when you're starting something new, you're going to keep watering it for a while before it's going to sprout out beyond the soil. And you've got to be able to have that abundance thinking and having this relentless drive to choose the positive, to be able to stick with it and to be able to choose to show up from a place of abundance rather than a place of fear. And here's the reality is, is that as we are moving into a recession right here, We've had a lot of uncertainty for some years now, thanks to things that have been happening that we have all enjoyed since 2020. We haven't enjoyed them. They've been challenging, right? They've been really challenging. And now we've got some new challenges to face. And those who are coming from a place of abundance are going to thrive. 
they are going to be that small percentage that totally kill it. And those who are in a place of fear, they're watching and waiting and waiting and waiting and putting their head in the sand. Those are the ones that are really going to struggle. But we get to choose and we get to choose to come from a place of decisiveness based on our vision and really be coachable and to take feedback and to learn from others and have gratitude for everything around us that's showing up and then to really show up in that abundance. And when we do that, it's just incredible where our leadership will take us, where our leadership will take our team and where our leadership will ultimately take our clients as we are expanding our impact in the industry. If you're listening to this and you're saying, wow, I'm loving this. This sounds just like me. And this is, this is the kind of person I want to develop into as I'm scaling my company. And I'm seeing how this can really help me be able to grow way beyond and be able to create this next level growth with more ease and with more freedom and more profits, of course. I would encourage you to come to one of our next executive briefings. So you can go sign up at handsoffceo.com forward slash briefing, just a small, tiny group that me and my team lead where we share the five exits to scale to $100,000 a month in profits and beyond. We'd love to have you there. Thanks so much for tuning in and happy freedom scaling.